all life as you know it, stopping instantaneously and every molecule in your body exploding at the speed of light. Total platonic reversal. Platonic reversal. With your hosts, Conan Neutron and Brenna Betts. Broadcasting from the top floor of the Radio Note World Headquarters in Oakland, California. A gigantic middle finger to everything that is rock about music, rock and roll, and corporate power. I'm, I'm from the South. <laughs> I'm a Southern Belle. Confidence of a hero or a fool. I wasn't exactly certain which. If you don't laugh, you're gonna go on a killing spree with sharp and nails. I'm known for many things and strong invectives are one of them. Conan, you have a lot going on right now. It means something. Well, we all deserve to be recognized. See anything wrong with, you know, being into the stuff you're into. 150 people with a massive crowd, you know. We'll sing you a song. You may be led astray. Meatloaf has a Christmas album. For what, what an excellent professional segue that was. Well, I'm very curious about Math Rock. You know, I kind of know the sound man for Rob Zombie. I'm presenting you the illusion of choice. We will impress you later. Yeah, it's a very good question. And I like that because that'll be getting in the middle and the end. Could not be more professional. Get you pumped up. We have answers. I just want to bring something up that I noticed via postings on the internet. You know, that's my take on it. What, what's yours? Protonic reversal! That's like a science thing, right? That's right! You know it, and you are here with the one, the only... Protonic reversal. And we thank you for that. We thank you for that. Got a great show for you. I'm looking forward to this. We're going to be talking to Christian from the band Whores. Looking forward to that. That's going to be good. Uh, he's, an, he's an interesting cat, man. It's, he's a, makes some interesting music, and uh, he's an interesting dude. It should be interesting. There's a lot to catch up on. There's a lot to, uh, a lot to get into, a lot that happened that we did not get to. Of course, last week we had the incredible Melvins. We had them on the show, and that was fantastic. But, of course, uh, there, there's a lot that we still need to catch up on. Brenna, Brenna Betts. Out. She is out today. She's out sick. That is okay. She's allowed sick days. We allow that here at Radio Note World Headquarters. 
and uh, yeah, we, we hope she gets better, and still can't wait for the, the, the startling, staggering, startling, staggering and startling debut of Brenna Betts' Landline. Looking forward to that. I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing Brenna's show. I think that's going to be something worth checking out, and it should be pretty cool. Uh, we have a lot of PRF Barbecue Louisville that we absolutely positively, without a shadow of a doubt, did not even remotely touch on a little bit. So that's a thing. But that's okay. That's okay. We'll get there. Uh, I will play some tunes for you, and we're, we're going to hear a little, uh, we're going to hear some, hear some, hear from some whores, if you will. This is a band called Manhandle. I'm super into this. Uh, check it out.
pregnancy does a woman begin to look pregnant? September. <laughs> That's right. To name September. Something you wouldn't try even once. Matthew. Sex on a train. <laughs> that was uh, Manhandle with Red Dawn. That's a hell of a band. That's uh, most of the dudes. Uh, that's a New Brutalism joint. Yes, if you know from New Brutalism, you know uh, why that's so heavy and awesome and cool. And if you don't, well, you should. Uh, you can you can find that. Actually, it's at the newbrutalism.bandcamp.com page, if you will. So if you go to there, not only can you see all of the fantastic New Brutalism records, you can find uh, this massive load. Load. By Manhandle. Manhandle, which may be one of the most masculine names I think I have ever heard in my entire uh, time of uh, life of being and, and, and such. And uh, it's good. They, they, they were definitely a highlight from Pierre Barbecue Louisville. You should check those dudes out. They're, uh, I don't know, like Knox, Knoxville and like they're, they're all over. Just, just get, get on your internet and, and find that, would you? Just Can you get on that, please? Please? Thank you. Thanks in advance. Thanks in advance. So much to recap. My co-host isn't here. And you, dear listener, I I love that you're here. I'm very excited to speak with you. I think that this is a a a good time for us for us to talk. Just just one on one. Really kind of work it out. Figure out where we're going with with this whole radio show thing. I think we got to figure it out. And then uh, you know you never know. You get thrown for a loop. Stuff goes. Caddy Wampus, as they say. Caddy Wampus. I don't actually know a single human being that says Caddy Wampus in a sentence that, that I'm aware of. But if they if I did know one of those human beings, if I did, then I would probably be very questioning at what their whole deal was, to be really honest. I am not a goal-oriented person by horse. And uh, it's definitely not about me. I'm definitely a goal-oriented person for sure. But it's about a lot of people, I think. And uh, it's a good tune, and I think you're going to like it.
Coors. With I am an amateur at everything. And before that was I am not a goal-oriented person. Those are both off of the the record clean. Whores.bandcamp.com. It's the most recent one. It's great. Suggest you check it out. Give it a look-see if you're into that kind of thing. And, of course, since you're here with me, Kona Neutron, on the one and only Protonic Reversal. Protonic Reversal. You probably are into that kind of thing, and uh, we, we appreciate your listening, and we appreciate your uh, your patience with us as we grow to serve you better. Christian Moore's coming up uh, in the next 10 minutes or so. So until then, uh, we're going to be looking forward to playing playing some tunes. Not even looking forward to it. We're going to do it. We're going to do it. We're going we're gonna to take these tunes. We're going to play them. We're going to listen to them. We're going to have a good time. Oh, I will turn this radio station around. I'm not afraid to do it. I'll do it. Oh, I'll do it all right. <laughs> of course, it's a good time always here here on Proton Conversal. And so much to talk about. So little time. Why don't we hear from another band, uh, Louisville. Another Louisville band from Pure Barbecue Louisville. This is a band called Neighbor. This has uh, shares, a, shares a member with uh, the great Wax Eater. Wax Eater, two-thirds of which are in the Monday Night Show. None of the above here on Radio Nope. Say yes to Nope. It's a good band. They're good. Uh, Sean Gardner, Aaron Sortman, uh, the pro on vocals. I don't actually know that well. This is uh, Two Shadows by Neighbor.
right. There they are, those whores with uh, jumping someone else's train. That's a, a awesomely deconstructed Cure cover that, uh, of course, I've played on the show before, and I will probably play it again because I'm that kind of guy. Uh, before that, we had Neighbor with Two Shadows, but most importantly, on the phone with us right now, joining us, we have Christian from Whores. Welcome, Christian. Hey, what's up? Uh, so great to have you, man. Thanks for making the time. Oh, please, man. It's, uh, it's flattering. Yeah, so it's it's uh, and I specifically played the Cure cover because uh, you you guys embodied something that I think I've always wanted to hear out of that song, which is just like a really slow, dark, and evil kind of arrangement yeah, of it. Yeah, a lot of the stuff is uh, a lot of their stuff is super bass driven. Simon Gallup is a gangster. Definitely, and it, it, I mean, it, was that something that you kind of had back pocketed for a while? Was just like a wild hair, or what was the what was the scene for for doing that cover? Uh, well, Josh from Rabbits um, sent me an email asking if I'd be interested in doing a, or uh, we would be interested in doing a split single with them. And I wasn't really that familiar with his band. Um, I mean, I had uh, I had the record they did um, with Relapse, or, um, but then like I did a little internet sleuthing, and I was like, "Holy Christ! I've got this dude's entire catalog on my shelf." I mean, he's been in a, a ton of super rad bands, and. Uh, you know, that I was yeah. a fan of before I knew him socially or whatever. So just, you know, he said, well, let's do some kind of theme. And I just sort of randomly said, let's do tear covers. And he was, they were, you know, down immediately. I mean, I grew up on that stuff, you know, as much as I love, uh, you know, a lot of the noise rock stuff and, and you know, all the obvious stuff. I mean, I really love the Cure and, and Bauhaus and a lot of the, a lot of the stuff that kind of came out of that scene in the 80s. I'm a huge fan of just the simplicity of it is really just, Beautiful. Yeah, a lot of people don't necessarily think of it automatically, but for me, you know, coming, you know, things like 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 that, and like you know, that led to the birthday party and other darker, sure, of course, <laughs> darker, more post-punk yeah. kind of stuff, and it all it all kind of there's a straight line to it. Whereas now, like I don't know, when people are getting into music, it's sort of it's very easy to kind of just be true to your hegemony, I suppose, and not. <laughs> yeah, and that's it's so limiting, man. That's just like a, a shallow gene pool you know it's just really it's bad for you <laughs> you know but it's a you know spoiled for choice you know there's so much noise uh you know pardon the pun with just the availability of of everything which is on the surface rad but you need kind of like your 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 friend's cool older sibling to be like hey if you like this band check out this band that you know came before them and then you can kind of start tracing it back and you know, you kind of need that person in your life. Uh, Mark Maron always talks about that on his podcast. About he certainly you need does. that person yeah. <laughs> to like tip you to what to what's really up. You know, no, but it's totally true. And you know, I, I'm lucky enough that uh, when I, when I was a little little dude, I had I definitely had those people in my life. And then I worked at a record store, and you know, I'm told that I was even though it was the I'm going to go ahead and say it was the fourth best record store on the block. <laughs> I still work with, oh, you know, well, a dubious distinction. yeah, it's a dubious <laughs> distinction at best, but you know, it's, I worked at tower records in, in Berkeley and you know, you, you had Leopold's, you had Meba and then like, you know, a far third would be Rasputin and then like, Oh yeah, there's a tower records over there, huh? But that's where I worked. <laughs> but that said, I, I, you know, have had many opportunities over the years to be like, Oh, you like, you like that? Oh, yo, check out the Stooges. Like, check out the, you know Funhouse. Yeah. Check out the Birthday Party. Yeah. Check out the Jesus Lizard. Check out Arch of Loaf. I know the name is dumb. You know, just check out all uh-huh. of these different things. And you know, that's kind of how I, I think there's a difference in people that sort of like look at 
music as a delivery system and music people that look at music as a community. And I've always come from the sure. uh, from that side of it for sure. Yeah, of course. I uh, was actually in. I went to school in North Carolina, uh, and I was in school when the archers were kind of starting up. And for uh, well, I bet I've seen them twenty times. I bet that's a modest estimate. Nice, very cool. But yeah, they were great, man. Wow, we did a great live band. Well, and, and I even like that, that Neil Diamond stuff that uh, Eric is Bachman is, you know, the, the crooked finger stuff is really great too. Yeah, I've never been able quite to get into that the same way, but I, uh, I always appreciate it. Like, it's, I'm a fan of of where he's coming from. The songs are cool, you know. It's yeah, it's uh, it's it, it's interesting to hear that. Well, I mean, well, you have a the fellow from Harvey Milk that's, uh, you know, well, what's what's his name? Oh Christ, I can't remember his name. He's he's doing like, like yeah. Doesn't doesn't he have like some like crazy like down tempo like Leonard Cohen kind of thing? He's he's doing. Uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, I certainly, they did, uh, you know, they did that Leonard Cohen cover, the Harvey Milk did. I mean, I, you can definitely hear, like, the, you know, you can hear, you can hear uh, elements of that in, in Harvey Milk, you know, just the, just the oppressive sadness. It's uh, pretty, pretty spectacular. Yeah, yeah as, as far as, like, deli- being the delivery system for that kind of, maybe, bummer vibe in that way, it's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's very incredible. effective. You know, yeah. I, was, I went up to... Uh, to New York to work uh, in, like a year and a half ago or so. So I was up there for like, I think four or five months, five, six months, something like that. And I was there for maybe two days and I saw Tanner walking from Harvey Milk, walking down the sidewalk, like literally 48 hours after I was there, uh, you know, and I just yelled out, you know, to him like, Tanner, you know, big fan or whatever. And he just gave me the thumbs down sign. and went, <laughs> Swear to God, hilarious. He is one of the funniest, the most effortlessly funny people I've ever met. <laughs> no, that, that's pretty fantastic. And yeah, he's, he's the character, man. They broke the mold on that guy. <laughs> Someone can turn what maybe would just be some crustified bummer vibes and turn that towards something really cool and kind of make it make a positive thing out of it. I, that's always I always get a kick out of that. Um, it's fun. A lot of people who are in these like super. You know, bummer vibe bands, which were certainly one of them. Uh, you know, are I mean, it's a bit cliche to say it, but you know, they've got you kind of got this way to express those those things that go on, and so you're able to be fairly chipper in your in your day to day life. I mean, not that you don't feel a spectrum of things that everyone feels, but you know, I, like I said, I you know, it might be kind of cliche to say it, but you've got this this way to express that stuff. So you the rest of the day, you're like, I'm all right. Yeah, everything's okay. <laughs> you can kind of get the poison out a little bit, and uh, maybe yeah, be... yeah, as painful as that, as stupid as that is to say, I, I've experienced it firsthand. I know, I know it's a thing, you know. Well, sure, and whores also, you know, you walk the walk, you you tour as well, and I, I, <laughs> yes, we do. I, I've always found it, and again, I believe I mentioned in private, I'm very sad that I missed your show. This last time, I had some crazy oh, schedule. Yeah, there. no, it was so fun. That was a great show too. Oh, it was great. It was <laughs> Jesus himself came well, down and uh, played a okay. solo. It was great. Well, Scott uh, from Traveling Wall City was there. That's close enough. Man. And then like some other, and I think Ian was there as well. And I don't know. It's just the vibe in Oakland is, is pretty rad. And uh, you know, it was like. Uh, we weren't at like um, the whatever the main like big room in that place and uh, 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 Metro Opera House. Metro, yeah, called, right, yeah. Um, 
so we were like in the little shitty room, which is where we belong. I loved it. Right, right. And, uh, Makes for a better the show. Sound was great, and people lost their minds. And what a vibe! It was. That was one of the out of that whole tour. That was like top five shows. That's awesome. Real, and I'm not trying to rub it in. I was gonna say, it feel free to keep much. rubbing it in, dude. <laughs> dude, we'll be back. That, I mean, holy smokes, we had a great time there. Well, and I felt somewhat, you know, guilty because, you know, being Mr. like, you know, old school Oakland noise rock guy and whatever. And then I was, I was totally like, the, the, you know, it was the worst reason. I was like, oh, you know, oh, dude, work is crazy right now. It's like, that was that thing. Uh, but I, I was like, oh, that yeah, is a really yeah, stacked bill. So. I worked 13 hours today, dude. I know all about it, man. You know, people have a life. You well, know, and all this, all this, you know, culture stuff is a, a luxury at a leisure class. And I've got no illusions about that. So I understand that. Yeah, so, I get it. I do it all the time. I flake constantly. <laughs> so, and I, and I really like that. So one of the first ways that you kind of came to my attention as a dude, not just as a guy in a band, is that there was there was some internet forum that we that we both frequent, and someone posted some. One of these is just startlingly myopic, kind of self-involved post. Is hey everybody, check my band out. Blah blah blah. Uh, Go support our. <laughs> you know, you know exactly the post I'm talking about, and. And you just made a first comment, and it was like one word, and just said no. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like me. <laughs> and and I, I loved it because I was like, "That's exactly what I was thinking." I was like, "Holy crap! Like yeah. <laughs> this guy's nailing it." Yeah, I, I don't like, want to engage with those people. I just wanted to go away. I just wanted to shut down. Just yeah, dude. That yeah, that's not gonna. They don't know any better, man. They don't know that like that is not how you turn people onto your shit. You turn people onto your shit by busting. I'm sorry, I'm swearing. You turn people onto your to your band by hustling and by Playing shows and and writing the best songs you can write and coming from the heart and just and really just busting your hump and they'll find you, dude. They'll find you. You can't you get a skywriter and go like, check out how rad we are. I mean, it's that it's never gonna work. The worst it's the worst thing you can do, you know. <laughs> well, sure, and it, there is this mindset that comes from instant gratification and entitlement that is is so prevalent these days that it it. I mean, that's not. You know, speaking for myself, like the world that I'm coming from, it's like that wasn't even available. That wasn't even an option. So it was just sort of like, oh, yeah, you know, expect that, you know, you, you put your heart and soul into something and people probably won't give a damn. <laughs> and if they yeah, do, well, cool, it doesn't matter. It's a trophy thing that we're doing now, you know, it's just it's kind of gross. Like, yeah, I, I, I try not to get too bogged down in that stuff because I, I agree with you 100% and I see it nonstop. And, uh, you know, it's hard to, like, navigate your 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 personal life and, and not just speak your mind constantly because there are other, my bandmates, you know, their lives are affected by my behavior, you know, and if I'm shitty to someone and they, they don't, we don't really know each other socially, but they're sort of aware of the band or whatever and are reflects poorly on the band, that affects other people's lives besides mine. So, like, I can't really, I hate having to, like, be political. I just want to be like, that shit sucks. You should set yourself on fire, you know, but I, <laughs> I can't do it all the time because, it's, you know, I'm a member of a, of a band. I'm not... Right. It refl- I, I don't know. I have other people's lives to consider. And, and it is and it is your life. We have to make sacrifices to do this. And we're, 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 you know, really willing to do that. But it's, you have to make sacrifices. So I try to respect that as much as possible. Because my default setting is no. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> right, exactly. That's how I'm made, man. Well, um, and... and, and it's, you know, I'm getting better at it, though. 
it's cool because I mean there does need to be that person. I mean I'm I've always felt that there should be like the best job in Hollywood would be the the person that they call up. You know they got all this screenplay ready to go. They got everybody attached to it. They're ready to make this this multi you know million dollar movie. And then they just call call the guy or gal. Let's not be sexist and be like, hey, so uh, here's the deal. What do you think? And they'd be like, no, don't do yeah. that. And, yeah. and that would be the best yeah, job yeah. in the world. And it would stop so much yeah. crap from being put out where it's like, nah, that's, you don't want to do that. God, Hollywood, man, burn Hollywood, burn. They haven't put anything out. I mean, they, like there's a cabal, but whatever. It's so bad lately. And, uh, you know, I like, I work in a, you know, I do generally do, uh, work on commercials here in Atlanta, but then I've done, you know, work on features and TV and stuff in the past here in Atlanta. And then, a little bit in New York and a little bit in Philly. And, uh, yeah, so I'm entrenched in that whole world. And, like, I was on a show, working on a show here in Atlanta that will remain nameless. It's uh, about teenagers and vampires, and it's, it's dog shit. And I was working on this show, <laughs> and during the show, it's so bad, man. <laughs> I mean, I know it's for kids, but it's so bad. So, anyway, I was working on the show, and I was working on set uh, on their, their B unit, and the assistant director is running lines with one of the actors, and the actors, uh, the, the, the premise is there's a male and female, and the, the, the female had gone away to college, and the male said he was going to go with her, but he didn't, he had to stay home, and his line, it's a super dramatic, tense moment, too, and his line is about how he needs to stay home because the werewolf pack that he's uh, working with or helping really needs it, and I was like, Fuck this. I'm out of here. This is the worst thing, man. It's the worst thing. And uh, yeah, it's, I don't know. I wish I could take it lighter and not, and not be so personally offended by stuff like that, but it, it can get so much better. <laughs> like, Ben Oswald's got this great thing about, you know, growing up in the suburbs and about how, you know, people are like, oh, it doesn't get any better. Like, it's, it's a horrible dude who reviewed the movies in his crummy little town. And, He's like, it's it gets so much better. Right, right. There's so much stuff out there and so much opportunity to make something incredible. And there's, you know, technology is in the, available to you. And to just churn out crap that uh, is successful is just person personally offends me. It's the soft tyranny of diminished expectations, really. Wow, well, well said. And well, and, and it sort of kind of seems like what what you're doing in horrors is definitely a sort of like a thumb in the eye of that. Like it's very immediate, it's very intense. Like you can tell where it's where it's coming from. Obviously, like it doesn't come out of a vacuum or anything. But I feel like you're doing it with a sort of like level of critical thinking that, you know, uh, let's just go ahead and say that there was a time in one of my other bands I did a lot of touring, and we always would get paired with the local quote unquote Jesus Lizard band that had all sure, of the yeah. trappings of the Jesus Lizard without any of the things that made the Jesus Lizard great. Yeah, sure. But I don't get any of that from you. I think that you guys, you know, it's very clear that you mean it and that you're, you're, well, you're on I'm a not mission. anywhere near as good a guitar player as Wayne Tennyson, man. <laughs> For starters, that's probably a big part of it. I'm limited by uh, my lack of ability, and I'm not trying to be modest. Uh, you know, that dude is a, is a wizard. Well, of course. Um, but... So, but, yeah, I think the most important thing uh, is that it comes from a place of sincerity. I mean, we, we recorded a couple songs before we left for that tour that we did with Retox just to kind of get a couple in the bag and see what we're working with because, you know, we're trying to put a new record out, whatever. And um, they were terrible. They were both terrible. I hated them. And we have not played a single note of either one of those songs since. I mean, we recorded them, and it just it felt to me like I was trying to be something instead of just coming from a place, 
where all of our other songs come from. And that's pretty uncomfortable, frankly, um, to, to, to be real about it. It's not, it's hard, you know, it's hard to, it's uncomfortable. I guess is the best way to do it, but it's necessary because our, our band doesn't work otherwise. It doesn't, we can't, sure. we can't lean on, on, on technicality because we're not technical musicians and we can't, you know, lean on just like a simple, loud, quiet dynamic of Pixies bury that. I mean, they're the kings of it and queens of it. So, so what we have going for us is, uh, is, uh, um, sincerity. And without that, it's just kind of the whole thing falls apart. And I realized that fairly recently that that's the main, the emotional, like, reality of our band is what makes it interesting i think it's hard but it's it's necessary sure and and you know i think that that's uh you know the two songs i played earlier were both off of clean i played a i'm an amateur at everything and i am not a goal-oriented person which just <laughs> just from those yeah. two song titles alone yeah. kind of tells you uh you know the sense of humor and that the yeah from. i'm glad that you that that's not lost on you it's like a lot of the, a lot of the smith song titles are hilarious and a lot of the lyrics and i don't think that's an accident i don't i mean i think it really is like this total gallows humor which i really really respond to this stuff is terrific uh yeah i mean those song titles generally come from like a place of of uh you know ridiculousness and then i sort of try to title usually comes before the song which is kind of strange i know but it kind of gives me a framework to work within. So like, so for like amateur, I mean, the, the, we, we, all of our, we, a lot of our songs titles are kind of long. So then we refer to them as we, we have shorthand titles for almost everything. And we just refer to that song as amateur. That sounds kind of gross. Because people in Hollywood do that. And it always grosses me out. But I just realized that I did it too. <laughs> but whatever. Um, so like that, yeah, that song is, um, that song, I'm sober. And I've been sober for like 12 years now, I guess. And, um, yeah, that song is about having uh, a habit, you know, that controls your life. And it controls your life to the point that you can't even die. Like, you can't even do that right, man. <laughs> you, can, you can try to, as hard as you want to just set it on fire, you know? And uh, it'll just, you know, I mean, the word, it, that would be a great poetic end, like, oh, this big tragic end. But the reality of... You know, people who suffer is that, that, you know, the quiet desperation to steal a quote. Uh, it, it's a real thing, man. And, like, the ugliest thing you can do is have, like, this kind of muted, gray, crummy life. It'd be better if you just flanked out, but that's usually not available to you when you're just a failure. You know, the biggest failure isn't a, a big, a big, you know, funeral procession. The biggest failure is just that quiet, gray unsatisfied life i mean that's the saddest thing that's it's worse than death you know you're the you're the you're a zombie kind of what that song is about but it started as me just being saying something you know then some some self-deprecating remark <laughs> right. about you know like just messing up like the most the simplest of tasks and just really being flippant about it like not being like oh <laughs> like it wasn't dramatic it was just like yep turn and turn we have this running joke about like when you turn in pro, you know, like that's like a, a terrible running joke in the band or like, you know, when you, you, know, you tell me when you're going to turn pro, you send me, you, you give me a date and I, I'll put it on the calendar and I'll show up on that day. Like it's, we have this whole long thing <laughs> about like being pro or being an amateur, you know? And yeah, so that's, 
what that song is about. Uh, I don't really know what goal-oriented is about. I'm not really, I mean, I know you're not asking me that either, but yeah, I'd have to think about it for a minute. Well, and it's it, it's interesting that you mentioned that. I think that that the writing style of you know kind of coming up with the you know, the 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 song title and the sort of the box to put it in. I, I don't know yeah. tons of people that do that. Yeah, uh, I'm yeah. I'm personally a huge fan of that myself. <laughs> yeah, but I it's interesting that it, and I think that that's you know anytime you see people that have like song titles that are that are like a sentence long or something, you know, it's just usually a pretty good bet that. You know, it, it kind of there was some thought process being put behind, it and there's some kind of story behind it. But it's it's interesting to hear that that you do that. I mean, how important are the are the words to the songs for you? For me, yeah, personally? yeah, they're the most important thing. I mean, are you looking at like a, like this is like the delivery system for like this crazy like off kilter message, or is it just sort of like oh that fits there? Oh, d- yeah, no, there's not like a manifesto. I'm not going to like grow a beard and build a log cabin or anything. But it, uh, <laughs> it, it, no, there, I mean, it's a vehicle to, to, yeah, for, for me, it's the most important thing. I know for a lot of other people, it's not, but I don't, yeah, it's okay. I'm not, I mean, I'm, I'm grateful that other people seem, seem to like our band and stuff. I think it's, I mean, it, I, you know, <laughs> I have no illusions about how lucky we are, but, uh, you know, I'd do it anyway. I mean, I, again, that's a, such a cliche thing to say, but I mean, I absolutely would. I'm not going to, um, yeah, I mean, I absolutely would. It's, I've tried to not play music. I've tried to not be in a band for, you know, a, a, a period of time, a year or two. Yeah, and, uh, how'd that work a, out? A friend of mine, oh, it's impossible. My <laughs> life starts breaking down, like not on the surface, but like my, I have a friend who's a jazz musician, and I'm not a big fan of jazz or anything, but he, I, I say that to say that he's a life. A lifelong musician, and uh, he's a good friend of mine, super nice guy. And I asked him if he'd been playing a lot lately, and he said uh, that he hadn't. And I was like, "Oh, it's a shame, you know. He just has whatever responsibilities of life. He's, he's got a family, whatever." Um, and he said that when he doesn't play music, his life starts to cease to make sense. And I've repeated it, and I try to give him credit mm, every time. Interesting. Uh, it makes so much sense because I couldn't, I, I, I wouldn't have come up with that on my own. I'm not clever enough to. But that's exactly right. It, it, it's impossible, man. I mean, it's impossible. I, I don't, it's who I am, and I for me to deny it is just stupid. You know, I I just can't live my life any other way. And it's good because it, I don't. It's not it, playing in the band isn't like contingent upon any any sort of success, personal or or in the eyes of other people. It's just it just has it's just it's what I do. You know. And it's not it's not debatable. It's just what I do, and it will be forever. You know, right? And it'd be easier to not do it, but it's just not <laughs> right. If that was, that was an option, I'm sure that'd be great. But it's also oh my god, it, it, it just but it's also a special way of looking at the world. It's a special way of kind of uh, getting a message out and being part of a conversation, if you will. That you know, some people never get to have in their life either. You right? Know? No one's gonna listen to them. Sure. <laughs> well, and it's also you know, a lot of bands never you know write a song. Some bands never like play a show, never go on tour. If they have a tour, maybe they never have a good tour. If they have a tour, maybe they never right. put out a record. It's kind of a rarefied air that you know you you guys are out there and doing it, and it's very pretty cool to like see that connection rather than be like, oh, here's some more you know, here's some more oatmeal like slapped in your face. Yeah, the first time I saw people at a show, people who knew the words to our songs 
I was like, yeah, I um, it almost brought me to tears. Right. Well, because they it care. You can tell that they care, right? I mean, that's crazy. I've never been in a band before this one where that was a thing. So that it, where people were even more than vaguely aware that I was a dude who it was in a band or whatever, you know? Right. Uh, yeah, so it was like I immediately recognized that, like, this means something to people other than me. <laughs> of course it means something to me. But, you know, whatever. And, uh, yeah, it's super, like, I mean, it makes, I'm getting a little, like, misty, misty-eyed right now, like, sincerely, just thinking about it. It's like, it's, it's, I don't know, not a lot of people get to experience that level of, like, uh, intimacy with strangers, frankly, you know, strangers. And uh, they're just yelling it back to you, like, this, this person gets it, they know what I'm talking about. It's, it's pretty special. Yeah, that's, I mean, it's, it's a nice place to be. For sure, and but I mean, you also put you put in the work for it too. It's not like that just came out of like a vacuum or like Pitchfork Media and was like, "Hey, here's <laughs> yeah. this new band you need to know." Oh god, <laughs> yeah, that's sort of a kiss of death, man. You know, you get hyped, and uh, and people are like, "All right, do it, impress me," and I get their arms crossed, and you're like, "Oh god, nope." There's a uphill battle. Going in cold is the best, and people are like, "My friend brought me to the show. I never heard of you guys." And they're like, yeah, yeah, and then you're just taking their head off. It's like, that is the best. Because you're never going to get to back to that. That's a one-time opportunity for that sort of... Yeah, as, as opposed to like hearing about something you know months in advance and then like seeing it and be like, oh, that's it? Whatever, big deal. Next. Right, <laughs> right, right. I'm just super guilty of that stuff. Like, you know. Yeah. <laughs> just what's it called? Contempt prior to investigation. Well, yeah. <laughs> there's only so many hours in the day, you know? I mean, hey... <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's weird. The older I get, the more I, I am uh, trying to open myself up to to uh, you know new new music, new experiences, new new types of food, whatever. Just not get shut down because you know I always see like whenever I see someone who's like a senior citizen and you can tell they've got like this, they still have this lust, you know, for living. I don't mean sexual lust. I just mean lust you know, about the world, it, uh, it's super appealing. Like, I want to be that person. I want to grow into that, you know? I mean, I really just want to turn into Nick Cave, but I don't think... <laughs> right. I, I just want to. I just think he's, like, a, the coolest person alive, probably. Well, and, uh, you know, he's found a way to, you know, keep very much with his artistic muse and kind of keep growing and changing and find different ways to express those things and even kind of reflect that that darkness in a way that is you know way different than it was when he was releasing the bats you know but it's it's still just yeah i think about that a lot like i can't be i can't be playing the kind of music we're playing now you know x amount of years from now i just can't it would be stupid so i don't really know how to transition into something else though and i I don't really want to force that but i don't ever want to stop playing music really i mean professionally playing music i don't mean like turning into one of these lawyer dudes with acoustic guitar and glass in their, in their dude room in the bit, whatever, one of those dudes. I just mean, like, I don't know. I, he, yeah, Nick has got to figure it out, man. The dude room, by the way, I think is playing uh, next Saturday at the... <laughs> <laughs> the dude locker? Yeah, the like dude locker. Ohio, isn't it? <laughs> right. Is it in Ohio? The dude room yeah. at the Hurt Locker. Yeah, I think that's what that shows. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think about that a lot, about how, what am I going to do after this, which is stupid to think of. I need to just enjoy what's happening right now and just kind of try to live in the moment. I mean, I've 
proven to myself that, that you know, the only real pleasure in life is, is, is noticing what's happening right now. And if I'm worried about, you know, the, the future or I'm regretting the past or, or I'm just tied up in this, this stuff that's basically imaginary. I mean, the future and the past are both imaginary things, you know? They're constructs, and, right? And it, yeah, right. So, it's, you know, and I, but I still go, like, what's the next move? Like, how do we... How do we turn this into something else? How do we how do we keep keep growing? I heard something on I listen to a lot of comedy podcasts and I can't remember who it was. It might have been Bill Burr talking about it, but I guess a lot of people who are, you know, I don't want to say entertainers. I don't want to say artists because they both have a shitty connotation in different ways. But people who are, you know, in in creative fields or whatever, you you're always kind of thinking, what's next? How, how do I turn this into? I don't know. I just want to do this and only this. And I don't, I don't know if that's going to be an option for us. I just want to do it to last as long as possible and push as hard as we can. And that's probably been working so much the last couple of years. I mean, as far as playing shows, we need to be writing a record right now. I'm like, we're leaving for tour in a week. It's like... <laughs> right, <laughs> and wow. good shape. We're like about halfway there, but like, we're really, we signed a deal a couple of weeks ago and we're supposed to be like at home writing a record. I mean, we have heard that, you know, a time limit on it, and uh, nope, go on tour for a month. <laughs> it's like the dumbest thing ever, you know. But well, hey, at least you'll be definitely ready to play some new stuff by the end of that tour, right? You know, hey, yeah, yeah, we've got. Uh, we may. I don't know. We haven't really. We're. We've been writing the last couple of weeks, and we practiced pretty aggressively. But like, uh, I, I, we might be able to play some new stuff on this tour. I'm not really sure. We've got a tentative set list right now. But we haven't played it yet. We're probably going to start doing that. Uh, Sunday night, we're going to start practicing set and then do it, you know, three or four times that week. And then we leave the following Monday. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I don't know how I feel about like road testing songs, but, you know, I'm not really country. I know, I know some people are looking forward to seeing what we do next and we're sort of obligated to talk what we've done so far. I mean, if we just put out like a record that's like, sounds like we're fulfilling some sort of obligation, it's going to sound just like that, and it's going to be a, a colossal letdown to people, and I, you know, I like how we were talking about people knowing the word. I, it's clear to me that people, some people have a personal relationship with our band that I never want to betray. So we have to, like, we've got to do something really special, and that's what we're, that's what we're trying to do. Right You're going to be in front of a lot of people that... Uh quite frankly, probably have never seen you as well because you didn't mention specifically what, what who you're playing with, but you're playing with Wild Throne, who are great, and uh, Red Fang, right? That's yep. a yep. old-school noise rock bros from way back when, you know, doing, like, this awesome big rock Sabbath thing, which tends to be, you know, great. It's fantastic live, and I think they, they have some amazing singles, and it's kind of a different crowd, I would say. I mean, maybe not. Yeah, it's more of, like, yeah. There's like maybe like the PBR swillers, the uh, yeah vests with patches on them and beard. Sure, and and your yeah the horror stuff maybe yeah. maybe like you know ten ten or fifteen IQ points above like the average crowd. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. And I love them. I love them. Right. Let's be clear. I love them, <laughs> but <laughs> it's going to be interesting. Oh, they're super rad. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how that kind of plays out and. It's a lot of the same venues that we already play, you know. I mean, some of the some of the venues are a little different, but a lot of a lot of this, the dates on this on this tour that's coming up are places that uh, we played before. So I think it's I think it's going to be okay. 
What? By the way, what's am I going to have to go to Sacramento to see you guys? Because that's like a fate worse than death. That's awful. I don't see it. We're not. Uh, Sacramento, I think, is like a festival date. We're not playing that. Our last date is in um, San Diego. Damn, dude. I know. Me. I mean, we're not doing. We really want to do L.A. You know, somewhere in Northern California, whether that's Oakland or San Fran or whatever. Um, you know, Portland, Seattle, uh, Vancouver. We had. Just off the chart shows in Seattle. The show in Seattle was out of control. Yeah, I love it's Seattle. So so great. We had the best time. And actually, Aaron from Red Fang was at that show, and um, we hung out quite a bit. Like after we played, um, there was another show next door with some pretty rad bands. And I'm not going to name drop any further, but there are some other people there who have kind of known from around the way, and we just like, hung out a little bit. And then little Colin, someone course, called Billy Joel. Maybe you heard of him. <laughs> that poor dude he is such a drunk but um, the, uh, I'm sure he comforts himself by sleeping on the piles of money but, uh, right the, yeah but it, so the next night in Portland um, Brian and John from Red Fang were at that show and like we just shot this shit for a bit and like we had talked about doing something a while ago with them I guess maybe last year or the year before that um, and we were ready to go. It was, it was last year. We were ready to go. We were going to go on that tour. I think it was in June. You know, it was a big business in that. We're super stoked to do it. Oh, yeah. And then at the last minute, we got, yeah, we had last minute, we got the call right before we left for South by Southwest. We got the call that we couldn't do it because Scion wouldn't put their name on the tour if our name was on the flyer. And basically, fuck Scion. Wow, okay. <laughs> Not mincing words there, huh? No, no, they can eat a dick. They can eat multiple hot dicks. Uh, yeah, it's, yeah. So I was, I, I believe crestfallen is the word. The yeah, that's, word. wow, that's a bummer. We had this whole big plan for the rest of the year that just, just was blown to shit, you know? Uh, so yeah, that, that happened. So anyway, the point in mentioning that is to say that we've been talking about doing something for a while and we finally were able to do something that worked for us. I'd love to see, I'm supposed to be political. And I'm supposed to like not have mentioned that that happened and say like, yeah, we've been talking about, uh, you know, whatever. Uh, but the reality <laughs> of the situation, you know, I'm, I know what I'm supposed to do. I just can't do it all the time. Right, I right. try so hard. I, I believe so the I, phrase is honest to a fault. <laughs> yeah. It bites me in the ass repeatedly. <laughs> I tried. I really been trying to be better about it. I'm so, I probably shouldn't have said that, but I don't care. It's the truth. That's what happened, you know? Uh, so yeah, it's such a drag and, you know, our name gets us in so much trouble because people have this, this, uh, this misconception about it and there's just this knee jerk thing about it that, you know, people lose their mind and people who, who I, on the surface sort of consider allies are, are taking shots at us and it's like, you know, I expect a little more from you. These people who are, you know, affiliated with like, for lack of a better term, the underground, you know, you shouldn't. I just expect more. Like, would you investigate it a little bit and look at any one of our songs? I mean, do you really think we're these misogynistic, like, bro dudes? Because we're nowhere near that, man. Well, but it's also... You're kind of expecting some degree of nuance or uh, interest beyond just the initial outrage and the, uh, you know, the... Oh, yeah. The outrage as the the delivery system and as the goal itself as well. Yeah. Yeah, it's really. Uh, I mean, I don't mind getting in the getting in the 
you know, getting in deep with that stuff. If somebody wants to talk about it or if they want to, you know, get get up in my face and talk about it, I, we can talk about it. I'm not scared. But, you know, most of it isn't that. Most of it is people complaining on the Internet from the safety of their parents' basement. And it's like, look, I'm a grown man. I mean, I... Yeah, I <laughs> Can verb- I can verbally defend myself, so let's talk about it. Like, I'm totally okay if you want to talk about the patriarchy. And if you want to, like, try to impress me with your vocabulary, give it a shot, man. Uh, but Justin from Retalk said it best when he was, we were talking about, like... No strangers to controversy themselves. Oh, he's great, man. He's great. The guy is awesome. Uh and yeah, I mean, he knows the deal. He knows, I mean, he knows all about the, the weird rise of the, you know, conservative left. It's like, what? You, we're supposed to be allies. What is going on with you, you know? Um, but, you know, he, we were talking about this, the whole thing with the, the band name and, you know, how it turned into this, this monster. And if we can't change our name, well, I mean, yeah, we're you're not pretty, going to. You're pretty far along to do that, yeah. Well, not even like, not even like as far as like a, a poor choice in the trajectory of the band. It would just be a sort of a surrender that just would ruin what we're doing. It would it would ruin it, man. It would be over, you know. Well, and it's and, it, uh, it, it's a it's always a puzzling yeah. move too when it's not like a brand new band. I mean, I you know for, take for instance Wild Throne. They used to be called Dog Shredder. You know, Dog play, Shredder, sure. Yeah. Play, play, Peter was thrilled with that. Yeah. And I and I you know played a few shows with them and it was always like oh man you got there's this there's this band <laughs> they're called you you're, you're gonna love them they're so great they're so intense it's brutal it's awesome what are they called they're called Dog Shredder and we're like oh and it's like no no it's yeah. really good it's really good so oh, then, I can't imagine how many times people have had that conversation with their friends about us too like oh why do they do that and it's just like well it means something different to me and we wanted something simple I mean I cannot and those bands that have uh, phrases for names that usually involve a month or a season. I they're the worst thing ever. Like the hot topic generation, like the <laughs> ten years ago. Like you know what I'm talking about. Like, oh yeah, I, I, I'm all too familiar with it too. Yeah, just, sure. So I just, I mean, I wanted something basic, you know. What well, like ceremony is a great band name. Uh, just it's basic, great. Yeah, uh, it's sort of mildly evocative simple you know I, it's increasingly difficult to do that yeah it's hard i mean there's a lot of ba- there's a lot of band names out there that are used up by bad bands and there's a lot of yeah you know a lot of band names being used up by good bands there's just a lot there's a lot of there's a lot of names being used really <laughs> yeah i mean and i know that certain opportunities will just never be available to us because of the name of the band but that's the bed we made yeah, that's the deal. Wait, you're not going to uh, call yourself like ACDC UK or something? Uh, yeah. I mean, you know what? Actually, this is a, some ridiculous logistics about being in a band. We just formed like an LLC for our uh, band. Yes. So we can do business through uh, not my PayPal account. <laughs> right. And we can actually like be our own entity and everything, and we, which is really a long time coming. I've wanted to do it for, you know, probably two years now, but. We're in a position now where we can do it. So, and we were really worried that uh, we wouldn't be able to register the name because it can be deemed, you know, not necessarily profanity, but uh, certainly obscene. So we were prepared to uh, remove the vowels from our band name just for, to register the LLC. 
And like when we send um, emails back and forth to the label that we're working with now, they have to either put the name in quotes or put a um, exclamation point after our band name so the spam filter uh, doesn't get tripped. It's ridiculous. How much. <laughs> I mean, that's the tip of the iceberg, dude, as far as the stuff we have to deal with. Uh, yeah, I fucked up. I shouldn't have called her that. But it's too late now, and that's what it is. I was going to say it's a bit late for that, yeah. We had this, like, you know, sort of involved conversation about, about it and about how uh, we, we were talking about someone who had made these little flyers and uh, put them, you know, outside the venue in Seattle, you know, and then shot a picture for Instagram to show everybody how socially conscious they are and ran off. You know, it's like, come in here and punch me in the face. It was, you know, come in here and let's <laughs> talk about this. Right. Let's get it going. Let's get into it. And I'm going to hate tweet about this so thing. hard. Yeah, exactly. let's, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's not show everyone how evolved we are by denigrating something that you don't know anything about. Let's, let's get into it. But So anyway, we had this long conversation about it, and then she kind of, you know, there, there was a pause, and there was a beat, and he just went, you fucked up, man. <laughs> I just named the band the wrong thing, but it's too late now. So, I mean, people just don't get it, and I, I shouldn't expect them to. Uh, only if it's on me to, to uh, you know, transcend it. Man, we're trying. Well, you know, you buy the ticket, you take the ride, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, yeah. Ugh. But it's I'm also like, we'll like never be on phone in or something. Like that's not going to happen. Eh. He, he can't say that on the air. You never know. You never know. It's 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 possible. <laughs> I mean, look, look at uh, you know they're, they're not my you know I'm not, I'm not like a huge fan of them or anything. They're fine, but uh, that that band that band fucked up, for instance. You know, yeah. they they, they seem like with them in Montreal last year. Yeah, it's cool. And <laughs> you know that that's definitely like a uh, just a a name where you're. Pretty much throwing caution to the wind, for sure. And it seemed like they yeah. were all right. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, what is what does the Melvins mean? You know, if we think well, about it. I always, I always interpreted that as like being, you know, sort of an othering thing that happens everywhere, where it's like, if you're a nerd, you're one of these kids who gets wedgies, a.k.a. Melvin. You're a Melvin. You're just like not one of the cool kids and celebrating the fact that, yeah, we're not one of the cool kids and we like it. That's what I always interpreted their name as, and I'm probably way off base. But uh, that's, I never even really thought about it until right now. But that's, I always just sort of assumed that's what it meant. Uh, I, if I, that's actually probably a better explanation than what it really is. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, it's probably like, no, we just knew a dude named Melvin. They, they knew a dude named Melvin, yeah. That's taller than Melvin. That's, that's pretty much what <laughs> so it was. Like, it's probably like the most prosaic explanation you could imagine, like not interesting every day, like not like whatever. I don't know. We did a fest with them too, in actually called fest in uh, you know Florida um, last year too. I think I think it was last year. Nice. I, I don't know. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think it was last year. And I talked to Buzz for a while, and like uh, you know, couldn't have been more gracious. I was kind of looking in a in a you know in, in a not in a super obvious way. I was kind of looking for advice about like what's what do we do? What's our next move? How do we do this? You know, and. Because we're at that point then where it's like we're starting to get some interest from labels run by people that we don't really know socially or anything. They're just strangers. And we're like, what do we do? What do we, do we even entertain the idea of working with these people? Or do we, you know, do we just keep putting out records like with our, our friend's label, um, you know, or, or other people who we know who have labels who we know are rad dudes and, and are going to, you know, get behind it and do their thing? Or, you know, what do we do? Like, do I... He just kept saying, take the money. 
And I was like, yeah, but <laughs> that's you know, that Buzz. Swear to God, dude, he said it seven times. Yeah, that's like, that sounds like Buzz. Do, do I? You know, I don't want to alienate people. I don't want to. I, I mean, if it was like I try to look at it from other people's perspective, like if it was a band I liked that I liked, and they did that. Would I? Would I feel like some sort of sense of betrayal? And but dude, you're overthinking it. Take the money. And I'm like, yeah, but I just kept yeah, button it. And he goes, look, you take the money, and if it doesn't work out, then, you know, you put out a record on your friend's label the next time, and you still have the money. Just take the money. <laughs> I'm saying it. And I was like, I mean, he wasn't getting frustrated. I'm sort of over overdoing it. But, I mean, he, he had to have said it that time. Um, <laughs> that sounds very yeah. like him, yes. It was great. It was great to just talk to somebody who I revere. And, you know, I've met some other people who are in, you know, legendary kind of bands in this in this that we operate in and uh they were less than less than uh like you know he's, he's all right man. that guy's all right he's okay we like that guy he doesn't mean oh, andre man. the giant impersonation too you you wouldn't <laughs> realize that but so what other bands are you like i don't necessarily want to say like you look up to but what other what other bands do you look at as like a template for what you're doing are there bands that you're excited by what they're doing that kind of uh drive you to move on like to the next current bands? Like yeah bands that are working bands that are currently um, out and about i love Mets, of course i mean the obvious they're obvious like we're you know homies with them and stuff and chris who plays bass and Matt and i have been talking about doing something together for a while not as a band but like for both of our bands to do something together uh which will probably happen next year uh, and I'm not like an out, you know, whatever. We talked about it. Uh, so I do obviously great. I mean, it would be, I would be, it would be stupid to not mention them. Uh, they're a super rad band. And uh, I love Obliterations from LA. We did some stuff. We did uh, like a festival with them. We did Spillover Fest with them in Dallas after South by Southwest. And we did a day party at South by Southwest with them too, the day before. I think. A gay um, part? Oh, a day, a day party. Okay, never mind. Sorry. <laughs> they're, they're killer um and like i love of course this jeans goes without saying i think i mean you can't really you can't really deny that uh but you know lately i've really been listening to like and this is gonna this is gonna probably upset you being from the bay area but the first couple of ceremony records are incredible i'm not really down with the joy division thing to do and although i love joy division uh whatever i you know that's that would probably whatever but the first couple of records i love that's just super you know, violence, violence, and the uh, run at Park or corrupt killer. Um, I've listened to a lot of like fast stuff. As far as like, um, you know, bands that are that are around right now. As far as people I don't know, especially, and then I've been listening to the shit load of the birthday party and the shit load of Bauhaus lately. And then on top of that, really, and I, you know, you already know this. There's this super fertile scene in Atlanta and Athens right now, and I'd be remiss not to mention, you know, Powder Room, motherfucker. Hawks, pretty please. It's a great band that not a lot of people know about. They're uh, from Atlanta. They just put a song on uh, out on one of those comps um, that uh, Rainer does. The guy in Minneapolis. Uh, what's his label called? I can't remember it off the top of my head. But anyway, pretty please is super rad. Um, God, there's so many bands in Atlanta right now that's ridiculous. Women's Prison. Uh, Andrew who plays guitar in Hawks. Uh, it's a band he's also in uh, with Josh, who plays bass, and Josh is in like 45 bands, so I'm not even going to name them all. But uh, there's so much stuff happening in Atlanta and Athens right now. It's uh, it's kind of crazy. Well, Good stuff, too. Yeah, not just people active, but people doing like super... 
I went, we went to Athens to see the powder room the other night, just sort of on a whim because, uh, we were already up on the north side of Atlanta, my lady and I, and I was like, let's just, let's just go to Athens, like, you know, whatever they're playing. And, uh, they crushed it. I mean, I was literally almost brought to tears. It was phenomenal. They're so good. Uh, and now that like Patrick is playing drums in their band, he is a powerhouse. And, uh, Dude, their new record is gonna crush people. Yeah, he's a badass, man. That that Patrick, uh, I saw them at the Chicago Pier of Barbecue Powder Room, and I just I didn't really know them at all, and I was just like, wow, this is They're did not incredible. expect this because I knew Patrick from Five uh, Eight, who I like quite a bit, but sure, of course. way different thing. Well, yeah, I met Patrick when I was a teenager because I I came up to I was thinking about going to school in Athens, and I came I went to Athens. To just kind of check out the town, it's like me and the, my band in high school, and uh, I met him. I met Patrick outside of what's now Caledonia, what used to be the Forty Watt, and he and I have actually talked about this. Um, we talked about it just like a couple weeks ago, and I saw Powder Room. So I've sort of known that dude for like twenty years, you know. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, as we, as we were leaving, he was like, "You guys gonna stay over? I'll make waffles." I mean, he's like friends among men, you know. On top of being a crusher of a drummer. But increasingly, man, like, the people who, are, who I meet, who I run into, it's like they're either in a rad band that's something real, and they're awesome people, or their band is kind of shitty, and they're also kind of shitty people. It's like there's never, <laughs> it doesn't, do you know what I mean? It's weird, man. It doesn't seem like, like, the people who think you owe them something, or who are, who are like, crummy about any sort of success you've had, are crummy about it because it, they're they're showing their insides, man, because they're not working. It's like, well, get to work then, man. And the people who are getting to work could not be nicer, you know? Right. And Really weird. Yeah, I, yeah. you know, not, not, when you bring that up, I do. I have kind of noticed that. It kind of seems like all the the artists and bands I just are in the I don't really care about this camp are sort of all just yeah. like looking for shortcuts to things and – <laughs> Good luck with that. Yeah, it's like it doesn't exist, man. <laughs> not really any shortcuts, man. I don't know what to tell you. No, no, you got to work. You got to work, and now people will find it. But you got to work, man. You got to keep playing shows, and you got to keep producing music. Um, you know, which we're, <laughs> we're so far behind. We should have put a record out, another record out, like two years ago. But we've been busy. We've been playing shows, you know. Right. Well, tell you, you've been you haven't been idle necessarily, and you know. No. No, we haven't. The new songs that we have are like a couple that you would, that are sort of in our in our universe still, like this mid tempo kind of hate fuck kind of stuff that I, I really love. Like you know, Blacklisters are doing that real well. That mid tempo grind that just we call that like uh, those parts. We call it like a strut, you know, because it's got like this confident, not rush, you know. It's not a slow song, but it's like this swagger, like that mid tempo strut. It's a strut. So whenever we're writing, we're like, you know, what if we do that like strut tempo? We always, you know, we sort of have a shorthand for how we do stuff. But like the newest song that we have, which will probably be if we do play anything new on this tour with Red Fang, uh, we'll probably only play. It's fast as hell, and it's like got almost like a swing to it. It sounds like um, like Big Jesus trash can. Oh wow, like cool! At quadruple at like quadruple speed, but oh. it's got like that shuffle to it. You know, there's a daughter's song that um, I think it's called like Sweet Georgia Brown or Sweet Georgia Bloom or something. It's on the self-titled record where they're kind of doing that swing feel, but it's fast now. And uh, yeah, it's kind of like that. But it's weird because that, that fast um, shuffle has sort of almost like a sassy feel to it. 
but the words and the delivery of the words are so bleak. <laughs> it's like, it, it works really well together. I think if I did anything other than, other than just, you know, death and destruction, it wouldn't work. It would sound like sappy, like we're trying to be cute and it would just fall apart. Um, so it's weird because it's not like something we've done before, but we keep talking about we need to top what we've done. We need to top it. We cannot go like, okay, let's do a song like this other song that we have because it's just not going to work, man. It's just not. It's good. We've got to top it. I'm just going to go ahead and say that uh, if anybody characterizes anything you do as cute, then I would be very well, surprised. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, point taken. But, you know, I just, I'm, I'm always worried about you know, the, the thing we talked about at the top, like to say, you know, I know when I, when I don't mean it, I know when I'm being right. sincere and, uh, it's whether I want to admit it or not. I mean, we have not released a song yet where that is the case. We've written them and we've recorded them, but we've never released those songs because I know they're not real. So they're not, they'll never ever be heard. And we're not going to take pieces of those songs. I'm not going to take lyric, whatever elements in those songs they are dead to me, you know? They made me feel bad about myself that I wrote them. So like I, it'll never happen, man. And so, you know, consequently, we put out a record with five songs on it. We put out a record with six songs on it. And the next record we put out is going to have ten songs on it. You can take that to the bank. But they're going to be ten good songs. They're not gonna, we're not going to have the half-assed one on there. It's just not going to happen. I mean, do you ever, uh, did you ever like, just get the temptation to be like, eh, yeah, that one's close enough? No, absolutely not. All right. I mean, we'll 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 write those songs and we'll and you know we'll we'll finish them and record them and be like that sucks. That's <laughs> terrible, man. It's in, it's in such contrast to the other songs. It's so obvious. It's the elephant in the room situation, you know. And it's just you know, and I know I can be like hypercritical with stuff, but it matters to me, you know. It's like I I willingly gave up a life of comfort and stability to do this because it matters and for me to betray the the sincerity in it makes it cease mattering and I just can't I just think it's over you know it's over so I have to do that or it's not worth it so if it's not you know if it's not something I can stand behind then it's, it'll not, we will never release it uh, so we write slowly sometimes because of that but I don't know. It has to be. It has to be that, or it just doesn't work. You just can't. You just can't do anything else. Well, it's a strong ethos, and certainly it's something that I wish more people apply to their it's, their own output. It sucks, dude. I mean, <laughs> it sucks. It sucks to have to be that way. But I know it. I know it. I can lie to myself and be like, "That's you know, that's, that's okay." Well, okay is not good enough, man. Pretty good isn't good enough. It's got to be like that. It's badass, and it's anything short of that is just not gonna because I mean it's on us to like to 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 bring to bring the the vibe or the party or the aggression or the intensity that shows it's, it's our responsibility to do that we can't it's easy to like and I've said this before it's easy to, to play to a, a room that's full and you know and just crush it you play to the room where there's seven people in it which we've done recently sure uh, and you and you impress those seven people that that's what that's what's up I mean, it's not fun and it's bad for morale if you have too many of those in a row. But that's that's the challenge, man. Uh, yeah, it sucks to have to do that. Don't get me wrong, but 
well, the shows that kind of matter, you know, because if you phone it in, people know, man. They know. You just can't. Well, a lot of times those with those shows, those underattended shows, you'll have people that the people that are there are the diehards, right? And the diehards usually yep. end up sticking to it long past when the deltons do. So, I mean, there's there's people I've played those shows to, you know, <laughs> fifteen years ago, and you know now they're like doing some big thing or whatever. I've just kept kept in touch with them. They're doing this fantastic stuff. I never would even have known them if not for yeah, playing seven people in two thousand oh, miles yeah. from home. It's a it's a it's an interesting life, and so and as far as like road dogging it goes, I mean, you guys get out there a lot more than most, and I hope so. I mean, we just we've got this thing coming up, and then we just had another thing that we were about to submit for for like late. Um, there's two actually. There's one that's late last week of November, and then like the first three weeks of December. But uh, we're I don't think we're going to submit for it because um, we need to write a record. You know, we need to stay home. And it's like a pretty, it's a pretty killer band, and it's a kind of a big band, and like, I kind of want to do it, but we just can't. We have to stay home. And then there's another thing between Christmas and New Year's that we submitted for too. I mean, so as much as we do like play shows and stuff, that's maybe we get one in ten that we submit for, you know. Sure, and yeah, even among the you know whatever the noisy rock community, there's still a lot of bands too. It's not necessarily that you know like it, like it wasn't the heyday or anything, but there's a lot of bands out there. There's a lot of entertainment options. There's a lot happening. A lot of great bands. Uh, you know, it's weird. You see, I mean, with that uh, the page that you mentioned earlier that like we both we both frequent on the internet. Um, there's so much rad stuff that gets posted almost every day and if you want to go back through it if you miss a couple days good luck because there's you know <laughs> you'll there's, never there's find it again <laughs> with like band camp links and like youtube and like i'm just killer bands you know and there's so much stuff happening i can't handle it people are just like yeah i'm gonna go see failure i'm like oh good have fun with that and that's <laughs> Give me a break, man. That was like third tier stuff the first time around. And like Thank you. Really? <laughs> are you kidding me with that, man? It's terrible. I'm sure they're nice dudes and all that stuff, whatever. I don't care. I'm, I'm sure they're care. great guys, yeah. <laughs> right. It's... Like and I know like, oh well like, now you're never gonna tour with them. Good. Because I don't like their band. You know? <laughs> and like there's so much of that and it's like people are just going to that because it's in front of them. And if you dig the tiniest bit, you'll be rewarded so handsomely. There's so many good bands right now. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, you just mentioned, you know, some some of my favorites, like Motherfucker. I think that record is that just came out is fantastic. Yeah, they they rule the school, man. <laughs> I mean, and they're a fantastic live act as well. You know, I absolutely I, play with them. I obviously think highly enough of them that I stole Erica f- as a second guitar player for a set, too. Oh, the- I saw that. That was so <laughs> cool. Yeah, I saw that. And, of course, she's a badass. Also, former guests of the show. Uh, they were they were fantastic. Um, it was, it was sort sure, of, yeah. It was like the, the noise rock version of uh, VH1 Storytellers or something along those lines. Um, <laughs> but it's interesting to me to kind of see the different locales sort of sprout up. Like it seems like there's a lot. There's actually a lot going on in your neck of the woods uh, in Georgia, and then I mean here there's cool stuff happening in Oakland, San Francisco kind of not so much kind of because people have been priced out uh, a little bit. That. Like so a lot of bands you know taking off like they're moving to L.A. or they're moving you know wherever this way or that way it doesn't matter. Yeah. And it's weird to see things change 
that way. Oh, sure. So have you noticed, uh, you know, being that, you know, when you're on the road, you see the same people in the same places, but you see them as they change and as they evolve, you know, over time. Have you seen much difference in other areas as far as that goes, as far as the people that are coming out to see horror shows? Um, well, it seems like, I mean, it seems like we attract, we don't really attract sort of like one, one person. I mean, we did initially, you know, it was kind of this, like the same kind of person or whatever, but it, now it's like, and, you know, and I kind of assumed that we would always just attract the same person, I guess. And uh, now it's kind of changing, which is cool. Uh, but, I, you know, I, to think that, like, someone may discover the bands that we've clearly been influenced by because of us is a mind-blower, but it, I think it will probably happen. And it's uh, it's weird. I've never really thought about that until right now. But as far as, like, playing with... Um, are you asking about other bands in other towns or, like, other people who are going to see the show? You know, just, like, the, the nature the nature of a city, right? You know, a city has a certain character. Uh, oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, well, I mean... I mean, the most obvious example is Brooklyn. I mean, every time you go there, it's like, there used to be like, there used to be like crack here. And now there's like, you know, Gentiles. Weird. <laughs> uh, and it happens constantly, man. Like Bushwick right. used to be a demilitarized zone. It is a spot now, you know? Right. I mean, it's gonna, it, I mean, it's probably going to happen in Queens next. It's not like the Bronx or something. It's totally weird. Um, and it's happened in Atlanta. Like you wouldn't believe, man. Like that the, it's crazy. I mean, our practice spaces just got demolished for more crummy condos. You know, it's, uh, you know, all these people, all this, all these like, all these like white flight people who moved out to the suburbs and now have decided they want to move back to the city, and you know, pushing people out, pushing people out. And there was there had to be over a hundred bands at the space where we used to practice. They're all it is all been displaced. There's nowhere else to practice in Atlanta. And there's a couple wow. other places that are going to open in the next couple of months, but uh, there's been, there's a six month to a year period where we we practice in a storage like a storage locker place uh-huh. like an hour from where I live. It sucks, and I'm out oh, there three man. times a week. And man, is it hot! And man, is it dirty! It's burly, you know. It's no fun. But that's absolutely because of that. Uh, you know the. It's weird. The gentrification thing is weird too because I'm super conflicted about it because like I. I philosophically loathe, you know, the idea of it, yet I enjoy the spoils of it. Like, I love a good coffee. Come on. <laughs> right, like, exactly. Whatever. <laughs> like, I'm so, I don't understand. Like, like I just want to be like, oh, there's people who shop at Whole Foods, they're assholes, and I'm one of them, you know? But <laughs> right. It sucks, because I want to just hate on it and be, you know, draw the hard line, man, but I, I appreciate that stuff, so. I don't know, man. I haven't really worked that out yet about how I'm supposed to live my life, you know? Well, you definitely seem like you've got at least a code. Man's got to have a code. I guess. I guess. I mean, I try to live, you know, I try to do that stuff, but it's like, you know, I just can't be militant in every aspect of my life. It's exhausting, man. It does take a lot out of you. That's for sure. Jesus. It's, I mean, I try to do it as much as I can with the band and like everything else, I kind of give a wider berth, you know? So, and that's, uh, yeah. So when, when you mentioned, you know, you got, you got a new record coming up. Do you have an idea for direction that you're going to have for it? Like, is it, you know, is it just going to be write 40 songs and maybe one of those will be one that sticks? Uh, like what's, Oh, uh, I don't know. We just kind of, 
No, we don't have like an overarching idea of what we need to do and what we want to do. I think we do have to cycle through stuff that we're like, that's garbage, that's garbage. Hey, that might be something. Let's let's work on that. I mean, we've got a ton of stuff. We've got this like corkboard in our practice space that has just arrangements of all these different songs that we have. And, uh, you know, we just sort of pick one. And it helps if I um, play guitar for a couple hours before I go to practice and kind of just mess around with, with something. And a lot of times we'll have this song that we think like, oh, it needs something else, it needs something else, and then I'll write words for it. And a song that had five parts now has two parts. And it's much better than it was because we were, without singing, we were thinking it had to be like this complex thing and we were we were ruining it, you know? And we're starting to get in this sweet, like, spot now where we're starting to recognize when we're doing that and we'll sort of stand down and go like, all right, this is, this one is done enough to take home and start working our words for, and then we'll take it from there. But we're not going to mess with it again. We're not going to play through it. We're not going to toy with the arrangement. We're not going to turn four into eight or whatever until there are words, and then we'll come back and revisit it. we got a ton of that stuff. So it's sort of on me to write words for stuff and then uh, see where we are, you know? Yeah, like not overthinking it, not let it, not let perfect be the enemy of good and not, you know... It, yeah, leave room yeah. I mean, for, leave room for the Lord <laughs> and uh, the lyrics. We, I mean, I can tell you it's going to have four. The title is going to have four letters. I can tell you that much. But <sighs> really, you know, other than that, we haven't decided. We've narrowed it down to two or three titles, but we still haven't really settled on one because it sort of needs to be a, a, a statement about our band. Uh, I'm choose my words carefully here, but it, it it needs to be a statement about like. Wiping the slate, this is where we start, past this prologue, this is what we are, kind of thing. It needs to be bold. How about uh, four letters, right? How about cash? <laughs> <laughs> we actually have a shirt design that um, we haven't used yet that is sort of a, as soon as people start crying sell out at us, we're going to start printing them. Nice. Or we're just going to wait for that to happen, uh, which I'm, in, in, inevitably it will. Um but, uh, yeah, it's pretty terrific. I- I'm not going to talk about the details of the shirt because it will ruin it. But uh, but it's good to know yeah, you got it on deck. <laughs> What's that? It's good to know that you have it on deck when those inevitable cries. Oh, yeah, it's absolutely on the, on, in the on-deck circle. It's just waiting there. Uh, it's pretty great. But, yeah, no, we're not going to call it cash. <laughs> 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 it's good, though. It's good, though. But I think, I think in terms of we have to consider uh, – how it reflects on how it works with our name too. It has to, and oh sure, the word cash with our name would, would play into something that we're not about that people accuse us of being about. So it, yeah, can't be that. <laughs> uh, and we already have an idea for the for the cover too that uh, I think is going to be pretty pretty good. And it's and it's going to you know be in line with the artwork that we have done you know for the first couple of records. You know, I want it to be a continuum, and I don't want it to be like a oh, radical departure for horror bands. You know, I don't want to do that. Man. It's not gonna be like I fluorescent colors and like a yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, it's not. It's not gonna be on Burger Records. We're not doing garage pop. <laughs> uh, oh, I hate happen. that shit so much. <laughs> oh my god, it's AIDS. It's musical AIDS. It's so bad. It's so bad because it's fake. It's not bad because it's because I don't like the window dressing. I don't like what's inside. It's rich kids playing poor, and it's 
patently obvious that that's what's going on. Yeah, and, that, and that's like a bummer. Kids, they, shop at, they shop at thrift stores because it's novel to them, not because they don't have another option. Those people can, yeah, fuck those people. That's, yeah, I don't have any interest in, in talking to those people. Uh, they don't understand that. I mean, the whole reason I discovered punk rock when I was a kid was because, you know, I couldn't have Nike, so I had to have, like, Converse One Star. And then all of a sudden, I was like, ooh, it's cool to have something that nobody else wants. And before I knew anything about skateboarding or Black Flag or any of that shit, I was like, I'm different from other kids. I'm different from other kids. And they let, they let you know you're different from them. Uh, and then I got to the point where I was like, hell yes, I'm different from other kids. Those kids are idiots. And I embraced it. And then, you know, you hear this crazy music that, you know, that does not sound like Paul Abdul or, or the aforementioned Billy Joel. And you're like, it sounds like it's from another planet. And you're like, that's my home planet. I'm from there. Right. You know, and you connect with it. And I'm grateful that I've grown up that way. But when you hear that, that stuff, it's like the kids who clearly went to, you know, a nice school and probably have already been to Europe, <laughs> you know? Well, they just I haven't really had to... to they haven't really that. struggled for anything. And so since they oh, haven't struggled no. for anything, the art is boring. And I'm not saying that always is the case. Yeah. Like, there, there, are, there are times that, you know, good art can be created from people that are of privilege and... Whatnot. Oh sure, it's just rare. Sure, it's just very rare. Yeah, I mean, it's just like you have to, have, you know, Joey Diaz podcast. He's always talking about how like no one's ever going to beat him on experience, and I really that resonated with me because I was like, you know, I'm ten years older than most people who I who I hang out with, and most <laughs> people with other bands I play with, and yep. I'm totally at peace with it. Though I love being an adult; it's awesome because I truly don't give a shit, and it's not it's not a affectation. You know, and people might see it as indifference or as, you know, like, I don't know, something it isn't, but it's a gift. You know, but the Diaz was talking about how, like, you know, somebody might beat him on technique, they might beat him on uh, timing, they might beat him on, he's speaking about other comedians, and of course it's analogous to music, you know. Uh, there are lots of people I know who are way better than me at, you know, whatever, right, song, at playing guitar, at a better range they have a better guitar tone they have whatever whatever they're whatever is they're better at they're not going to be the unexperienced man it's not going to happen yeah uh, and i you know i have to be true to that because that is what i've got going for lives a little bit man i mean i'm not going to get melodramatic but you know like anybody there's some terrible shit that's happened in my life and it it's weird because that that the stuff that i thought was like my biggest like sort of deficits or biggest like black holes have turned out to be the greatest things that have ever happened to me because it taught me how to be a decent person be decent to other people right. so like man that guy's being a jerk because there's something going on with him not because he's mad at because there's his life is unsatisfying in whatever in whatever way or you feel powerless or there's something going on with them and it's not me sometimes it is me but you know <laughs> it's, the, the terrible crap has taught me to be a better person and I don't think I could have learned that by someone telling me, hey, be a better person. I don't think it works like that. You know? <laughs> I don't think, I'd be like, hey, screw you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no one's going to listen to that, man. No, but I think... You just it, have to learn it. And I think you've harped on, on an important point that a lot of you know, the uh, people I know there are similar situations that have been around a lot and, you know, have like lived a lot of life. <laughs> At a certain point, you kind of figure it out and you can figure out, oh, okay, I can... I can use this in a way that's not harmful or destructive to others. And yeah, you know, that's a nice thing. And some amazing stuff can come out of that. It's why one of the reasons why I do this show, you know, 
<laughs> like I can sit there oh, and be sure. cynical and complain about things, Connect or people, man. yeah, or like we can you know, provide a forum and avenue for people to find out about cool new music and hear like insights and people's stories from that you wouldn't hear on like NPR or whatever as well. Yeah, yeah, I love NPR though, man. I'm guilty of that. Whole Foods, it's like I want to hate it. I want to hate NPR and be like, that is bourgeois liberal garbage. But I'm a bourgeois liberal. I'm so far left that I'm basically socialist. You know, like I'm. It, I want. I'm so conflicted because I want to hate that stuff. And I love it. Let Let's be clear. <laughs> I love NPR. It's the best. Let's be clear. I I'm an NPR fan, and uh, along the same lines, so much so that a friend of mine, uh, when we were on tour, happened to go in Chicago. That uh, she managed to give us a a insider's tour to where she worked, which was a Chicago, um, the Chicago NPR. Um, was it the, they used to do uh, this American life. What is it? The, uh, the affiliate. Yeah. I understand. Chicago public media. But, but anyway, yeah, the, the one that's in Chicago and it was amazing. It was a huge thrill. Like total had a nerd radio boner for it. Yeah. That's <laughs> killer. I bet. And it was amazing. And it was, it was a great time and I'm for it. It's also not what i do but that's fine because i think there there is an npr and i'm I'm glad that it exists even when it can be just totally ridiculous right. and like embody a certain trope and yeah. it's cool that that's out there and doing its thing it's just you know this show is not sound opinions nor do i have any intention for it to be yeah right yeah yeah <laughs> i just it's weird it's weird that i just want to I don't know why I have that impulse. Like, I want to hate something that I love. I mean, what's that? what the hell is that? <laughs> I don't know. I, I get that, too, though. It's not, it's not just you. And <laughs> I, I, that's, that's sort of comforting. <laughs> I, is it? Yeah, I guess. Hey, we got the same yeah, psychosis. No, it, is. I like it. it is comforting. <laughs> uh, and I feel like there's more to speak to other than that as well. But, uh, you know, hey, I, I think that... I, one thing I want to make sure I, I the the dope the dope guns and fucking in the streets the amphetamine reptile seven inch series um, I, before you yeah, go yeah. I, I I wanted I want to talk about that a bit because obviously you know Amrep amphetamine reptile Minneapolis based label uh, key player for me at least you know kind of coming up when when I did it was sort of like oh amphetamine reptile that's this this crazy iconic thing that always seems sort of very untouchable and like far away. Right. And yeah, yeah. it's been kind of interesting to see what Tom's done within recent years, which is just like super curated and yeah. tiered. Yeah. I think um, he understands that you can't, you know, just mass produce, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of copies of whatever, whatever the thing is. And people think he's, he's doing this science of scarcity thing and intentionally limiting the supply, which is not the case, man. I mean, it costs thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars to put out records. And he's just a dude. Right. He's, you know, he's not <laughs> totally. like, he's a dude. And he's one of the, he's so rad. We had a long talk about uh, when we were in Minneapolis uh, last time, we had dinner at his place, at his restaurant, and just talked for a long time. And we went to, you know, Amrep and looked at all his like, super cool tchotchkes and stuff. I mean, it was, you know. It's a wild scene, incredible. yeah. I, you know, in my life, I never thought that would happen. It's insane. But, uh, you know, he's he's just a dude. He doesn't have unlimited resources, so he does what he can, you know, when he can do it. And then people, luckily, there's an audience for it. But then, you know, people buy a couple copies and put it on Discogs for four times the price. Right. Because whatever the market will bear. And that doesn't bother him. He's, he's point blank said, like, whatever, man. I mean, they own it. They bought it. They can do what they want with it. And I don't know why it bothers me, but it does. 
Like, because there are people out there who want it, who want it. Right. That's not for one you. Copy. That's theirs <laughs> that they can cherish, and they can't have it because yeah. it's a hundred dollars instead of thirty. Yeah, that's a thing. Ugh, so gross. So, so just uh, the song that you have on there. I think it's a uh, bloody like the day you were born. Uh, tell me how that came to be. As far how as the song came to be, yeah, how, and how it came to be on the series. Like, why did you pick that song? What you know? What, oh, what's well, the deal with that? <laughs> I get, um, I get notifications, like email notifications, when when somebody um get buys like a download or whatever. And I saw that Tom, like I saw, you know, Tom Hazelmeyer has sent you six dollars or whatever. And I was like, what the? Are you kidding me? This <laughs> was a couple of years ago, you know. And I was like, right. and I screenshotted it and posted it on the internet, like, oh my god. I was right. freaking out, you know, like, freaking out. And, uh, you know, then he came to a show in Minneapolis, and I met him, and I was like, this guy is rad. And then he was like, hey, I'm going to do this thing. Do you want to do it? And I was like, are you kidding? I didn't even ask my band name. I was like, yes, we do. I'm not asking for permission. We're doing that. And, uh, it's just, it's going to happen. So, yeah, man. So we wrote and recorded that song in 48 hours. No kidding. Wow. No kidding. I, I no kidding. Have yeah, you have you I ever done like, anything like that before? Or? No, no, that was no. And I that's that might be my favorite song of ours. You know, like it's uh, it has everything I like about our band. It's got like the, it's got like some sort of meandery kind of part. It's got like that real high atonal guitar that I love. It's got like a big chunky dumb riff. It's got like the middle eight, middle eight part that's really sort of near the near the, the end of the song. Um, where we're doing like verse, chorus, whatever, uh, at the beginning of the song, and it's like, ah, oh, this is pretty rocking. And it's like, really, that whole thing was just to set up the back and forth thing near the end of the song, which is doing like the two notes back and forth with the singing or whatever. Uh, yeah, I love that song, man. I'm not afraid to say it. I, I'll, I'll tear apart all of our stuff, but like, and I think because we were put under, like, you need to record this song. Uh, and get it, and that was in February, and the record didn't come out till like November or December. I was like, "Are you kidding me?" It was almost a year later when it came out. But I was just so. And you did it in forty-eight hours. You know? <laughs> oh yeah, we didn't have to, but I didn't know that, and I didn't want to be the guy who was holding it up. I was like, and I never want to be that guy. Like we're we're on time to load in. You know what I mean? Like if it's right. six o'clock, we're there at six. If it's three, we're there at three. We, I never want to be that guy, man. There's an awesome uh, Biggie like sample on Jay Z Black album that I talk about all the time, and he's just talking about how. You know, to be successful, you treat every day like it's your first day, like you're an intern, and you stay humble, and you do what's expected of you, and you grind, and you work, and you work, and you work, and you will be successful. But you never act like you own the place, man. You know? You say please and right. thank you, and you act like a professional, but you treat it like the gift it is, if anybody's paying attention, and you're going to be all right. Uh, but yeah, that was unbelievable, the whole thing. I was just like, how is this in my life? How is this happening? You I heard about mud honey for the first time, and Helmet, for the first time, because of Tom, because of Everett. I'm calling him a first-name basis. I, that's crazy. Yeah. It's... You know, he's like this, he's a legend. I don't really, I mean, I can't overstate it. And now we're like bros. It's absurd, you know? It's an odd thing. <laughs> it takes some getting used totally to. crazy. <laughs> um... I'm not trying to be falsely modest here. It's totally crazy. It remains crazy to me. Because I don't care about meeting Robert De Niro or, like, some famous writer or some politician uh, that I admire or whatever. But, like, you know, musical heroes, for lack of a better word. And there's another thing that, I, like, I love but I want to hate. I, I want to hate hero worship. But, like, 
you know, if I met, if Lou Reed came back from the dead and I met him, I'd shit my pants. You know, like, <laughs> I mean, it's so, sure, so I yeah. Meet, like, of not course. because he was the undead, but because he's Lou Reed. Like, I, or, or whoever it is, you know, like if I'm in the cave or like, you know, Roland Howard or something, I'm losing my mind. And I'm like starting to kind of meet these people who I've looked up to my whole life. And it's, again, I got to stress, I'm not being like, oh, I'm so lucky. I am so lucky. It's frigging crazy. Right. Well, it is freaking crazy, and uh, it's been great talking it's to you, man. Awesome, man. Thanks. Yeah, thanks, likewise. Thanks, thanks really so much for being pleasure. on the show. Yeah, it's um, I, and I already was gonna play the Amrep single, so I'm really gonna play it now. I'm gonna play it twice as hard, <laughs> even. I guess. Uh, I'm a little bummed you're not gonna be playing the Bay Area in this upcoming tour. Me too, man. I know. Me too. We were we were thinking about it too. We were like, because we're gonna do a video for our new record with a friend of ours who lives in Portland and I was like do we just maybe just go up the coast and like book a couple shows on our own and yeah we started having these grand ideas we need to get home and write man we need to not even be doing this tour I'm so glad we're doing it and I you know I could not be more happy that we're doing this Red Fang they are the super sweetest dude and uh you know they put us on as direct support I mean they're doing us a favor man I don't think for any reason that it's just mutually beneficial agreement I, or, or arrangement i know they're doing us a favor and uh you know i need to honor that uh that being said we can't do any more than that we need to stay home and write our yeah make record. that record <laughs> make that record Jesus. uh christian hey it's been it's been great talking to you man yeah you too man really a pleasure i'll uh, i'm sure we'll be in oakland next year we're planning on uh doing a ridiculous amount next year okay cool play. yeah well uh you know we'll we'll, we'll meet up down the line and uh, i look forward Absolutely. to it Absolutely. I'll hold you to it. Uh, all right, brother. Take care. Take care. Christian from Horrors. Let's listen to that AMREP single, huh? How about that? I think that sounds like a good idea. Let's do that. Here it is. Bloody like the day you were born. <laughs>
All right, that was Whores. Bloody like the day you were born. It's Christian's band. They're great. They're great. Go get that. Get that. Get that horse stuff. Go see them. They're playing. Uh, they're playing all over this this great land of ours, uh, with Red Fang and Wild Throne. And that's gonna be uh, that's gonna be a good time. It's gonna be cool. It's gonna be good. It's gonna be a good time. Get into it. Get into it, boppers. That's what I have to say about that. Oh my my my! Name of this show is Protonic Reversal. Kona Neutron's Protonic Reversal, specifically, except no substitute, baby. Protonic Reversal. We thank you for listening. RadioNeutron.com for the archives, podcast, stream, listen, Stitcher, iTunes. Uh, you can. As we come to the close of our broadcast day, send it to your real player. I don't know. It's all there. Go get it. Uh, shows on iTunes. If you got an account and figure out how to rate it, that's always a nice thing to do. We will continue to bring you the best in. Badass new music, interviews, and good times. Mr. and Mrs. America, and all the ships at sea. Thursdays, 8 p.m. Eastern, Anyone 5 p.m. Pacific, every week. It's what we do. Get in that archive. Some good stuff in there. I've got 50,000 watts of power. Brenna will be back next time, hopefully. Got some interesting stuff. Can't quite share it just yet. There's some cool stuff on deck. Stick with us. We know what we're doing. Thank you, Christian. Thank you, Horace. Thank you, listening audience. Perdonka commercial Radio Nope. Radio Nope.com. Can you hear me now? Thank you for listening. Out on. Catch you next time. Dark and lonely. I got my radio on. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now?
Welcome to my top 10. I'd like to thank our sponsor. But we haven't got a sponsor. Not if you were the last man on earth. She was prepared to prove it. This one goes out to a special girl. Hey, hey! 